Eternal Father, strong to save. O everlasting light. Your glory is a wondrous thing. Bless these words. Uphold our limitations with your deliverance. Send your Spirit to us as we try our best to light the path to Jesus. May your Spirit speak, and these words clear the road. May someone hear this and receive your call. We ask this, not so our will be done, but so your will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. In the name of our Savior, and for the sake of the lost sheep, we ask these things. Amen. And then Jesus said to the Jewish leaders, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief, an imposter. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own by name and leads them out. And when he has gathered all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. In the same way, the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I, the good shepherd, will lay down my life for my sheep. My Father loves me because I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This is what my father has told me. The Jews who heard these words were divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But the other said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. And besides, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That was just some of the beginnings of the tenth chapter of the book of John. Jesus is the good shepherd, and the good shepherd never loses any of his sheep. In Ezekiel 34 he says, I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. The time of Adam's fall was indeed a dark and cloudy day. In Adam we have all sinned. His disobedience caused us all to be lost. The Family of God Born into Captivity God's children, who ran away from home, only to fall into slavery. But fear not. He will lead them out. He will rescue all of his sheep. From all the places they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. Another dark and cloudy day was the day our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, by his own accord, laid down his life for our sake, gave up his life for the sheep. But the sun arose, the sun came up, and all are given life through his sacrifice. Jesus received the command from his father to have the authority to not only lay down his life for us all, but to take it up again. Adam was given the authority by which we all entered into sin. All have sinned in Adam and were sentenced to die. But now all can be washed clean and restored back to the father and given life through Jesus. Adam was disobedient on that dark and cloudy day, and the sentence of condemnation and death passed upon us all. We became liable to utter ruin and destruction when darkness seized all of human nature. When mankind was set at a distance from God, 
when the consequences for the children of God, his sheep, were to walk for a time in darkness, and become darkness itself, until made light in the Lord, our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ of the God of our fathers, who holds dominion over death, defeated the darkness, and grants life to all who come and ask. For any who come unto Jesus will not be turned away. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, says Psalm 24 verse 1. Jesus is the good shepherd and the good shepherd never loses any of his sheep. There will come a time when God's wrath will be put out upon the earth. That is no time to join the flock. That is not the time to turn to God. Repent now. When the Christ comes to earth leading the army of angels, and you stare up in fear and cry out for mercy, God might grant that mercy but I can't guarantee it. It is best to join the flock now. Come to him today. When you are raised up out of the pit of hell and stand before God in judgment, when you cry out for the blood of the Lamb, I pray that he has mercy on you. I pray that he says you've had enough and restores you. But I can't guarantee it. I don't know. That's not the time to cry out. That's not the time to ask for salvation. Please cry out to Jesus. Cry out now. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait until it's too late. Be ye also ready. Please cry out and surrender to your Maker. All who come shall be saved. No one will be turned away. Come, be at peace with God. Come receive the peace of God, the joy of salvation, and put on the robe of favor and the crown of righteousness, which is what you have, when your Maker roams freely within his temple. You are the dwelling place for God on earth. Surrender your domain, and let Jesus be the master of his vessel. His burden is easy, and his yoke is light. Jesus is the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd never loses any of his sheep. Listen, I am here to tell you. You are going to make a decision on what you do with Jesus Christ. You are either going to accept him, or you're going to reject him. You're either going to say, Lord, I surrender. May your will be done. Or you're going to say, Lord, I am the God of my domain. May my will be done. But first, let me tell you about my God. Sure, you can say that if we would have never been disobedient in the garden, we would have lived peacefully forever in communion with God. But that's not what happened. And not only that. We keep screwing up. Now God saw all this from the beginning. He doesn't stop us from the choices we make. He doesn't interfere with our final decision about how we're going to live our lives. He just lets us screw up if that's what we want to do. He warns us. He tries to tell us not to screw up. He shows us his ways. He tells us not to eat of that tree. But we do it anyway. But guess what our God loves to do? Guess what our God just doesn't seem to get enough of doing for us? He loves to save us. Over and over and over, every time we screw up, he loves to show us how his ways are so much better. And guess how he does it? Every time he takes us down a notch, he brings us up too. 
I mean we started out as caretakers of the garden, and we've screwed up all our way to him revealing to us through Jesus that we are children of God, children of the Almighty God, the creator of everything seen and unseen. And it was all made possible by our God coming to earth, looking us in the eye, and telling us face to face who he is and who we are, and showing us with his actions and explaining to us with his words, his intentions and desires for us, and making a way for us to get back to him as the Father. He paved that way through his Son, Jesus of Nazareth, and went through all the pain and suffering that anyone might ever go through. And being innocent, laid his life down by his own accord, and took on all the iniquities of our transgressions upon himself, defeated the darkness, overcame death, and was given the authority by his Father to take up his life again. And in doing so all who come unto Jesus shall be given that same life, the light of God, which is the life of man. Praise his name. Let's simplify the story. We must choose to love God. And if you love God, you will do what he says. That's it. That is what Jesus means when he says the most important command is to love God. And to love others is right there with it. These are the sum of all the law and the prophets. As he said, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Or let's look at it like this. He is your father. You are his child. And what does every parent desire of their child? Love. You require nothing of your child but love. And even if the child turns away, the parent will rejoice if they come back. Obedience brings you great joy. When your child delights in your wisdom, you are full of joy. It brings you delight when your children seek your advice. And the only thing required is love. Or back to the Good Shepherd. All you have to do is join the flock. Once you join the flock you just simply follow the shepherd. The shepherd is the provider. The shepherd makes all the decisions. If you get lost, the shepherd comes to find you. The responsibility is upon the shepherd. The sheep simply follow. Salvation is a free gift given to all who come and seek forgiveness. And there is nothing you can do to earn that salvation. You cannot do penance. You must repent. Repent and turn from your worldly desires and face your Maker. Set your eyes upon Jesus. Ask for redemption, and He will redeem you. In His perfect timing and in perfect time it shall all come to pass. He will restore you to the Father, and you haven't the capacity to pay Him back, and He does not ask it of you. And what if we keep falling away? The ones who have trouble staying on the narrow path. God says his children can fall off the path seven times and still return to the Lord. But the wicked fall away and never come back. When you ask God to save you, he does. He saves you right then and right there. He immediately redeems you. And the redemption of Jesus Christ is good for eternity. What kind of redemption would it be if it could be destroyed? Sometimes, when a person is saved by God, he immediately pulls them out of darkness and makes himself known to them. But for me, like most others it doesn't happen right away. But I'll tell you what does happen. You will immediately be redeemed and given salvation and lose the guilt and shame that has kept you bound. 
you will have access to God. Now listen closely. He will send His Spirit to you, which will become a spring within you of life-giving water. But there will come a time in your life, if it doesn't happen right away, when God calls your name again, and you surrender. And when you completely surrender. That spring within, that He put there at the point of your salvation. That Holy Spirit. Will well up and start to gush. And your cup will run over. On that day, you will know that God the Father is in Jesus. And the Spirit of Jesus is in you. On that day, you will lose your worldly desires and only long for Jesus. On that day, you will know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you are a born again, saved and redeemed, child of the Almighty God. Can somebody testify? I cannot say when that day will come. I cannot tell you that you hold the power for God to manifest Himself to you. But you do hold the power to choose. Only you can make the choice to love God. And I'll tell you this. If you haven't made that choice, and you are here with me right now, today you are either going to choose to do the will of God or you are going to choose to continue to do your own will. You are going to choose to love your Creator or reject the Word of God which you have just received. For me, after He redeemed me, it took forty years of wandering in the desert before Jesus came and manifested Himself to me. Let me say that another way. It took forty years of me wondering what God's will for me was, before he was ready and called my name again, and inspired me to completely surrender my will to his will. He let me wander for most of my life, but all that time God was with me, coaxing me along, training me, taking me up, taking me down, giving me rest, and breaking me in. When I was a child Jesus redeemed me. I was saved so young that I can't even remember the first time I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I have been a saved and redeemed child of God all of my life. But until the age of 52, I did my will instead of my father's will. Now I'm not saying this is how it always happens. This is how it happened for me. And I think a version of this is how it happens for most. The model is in the Bible. One example would be when God freed his people from Egypt. That freedom represents your redemption at the time you are saved. He chose you before you were born. And now, Jesus, the one greater than Moses, has set you free. You will be with him forever. You belong to him. But when God frees you from your bondage of sin, you are not in the promised land yet. You are in the desert. He brought you out of Egypt and across the Red Sea with great and awesome saving power. Standing on the other side of the Red Sea, you have just witnessed God destroy your old master, your old master the Pharaoh, which represents the devil. You were under the orders and command of the Pharaoh, the devil. That's what happens when you do your own will. You're either doing God's will or your own will. You're either doing God's will or the will of God's enemy. Listen close now. The Pharaoh does not want to let you go. You do not want to give up your old worldly ways. You have been listening to your old boss all your life and do not know anything else. But you are now free. We do not have to listen to our old self. We no longer listen to the lies that conjure up shame and guilt. So, now that you are freed from your bondage, you will find yourself in the desert. And in the desert is where we learn about God, who we are, and get used to the way God is looking at us. 
In the desert we are bottle-fed and trained. We are in God training. In the desert is where we learn to trust God. If we don't learn that we will wander the desert until we do. Sometimes we wander the desert until we are ready for God's purpose for us. Either way, in the desert we are in training and learning to trust in Jesus. Wandering in the desert is like in the first Karate Kid movie. You don't know why you're washing the deck. You don't know why you paint the fence. You don't know why you wax on, wax off. But in the end, once you surrender completely to your Creator, all of the sudden you know karate, and it all makes sense. When you completely surrender your will to the will of God, when God breaks you as a horseman breaks his steed, when the commands of God are in your heart, when you cry out to God and surrender, that is when your worldly desires fade into eternal desires, when you long for nothing more but to be as close to Jesus as possible. That is when God leads you into the promised land and shows you the land he has prepared for you. That is when the Holy Spirit manifests himself within you. That is when that life-giving spirit, that spring of life that God put within you at the point of redemption, becomes a geyser that gushes up and your cup runneth over. From here is where you can see the kingdom of heaven. On that day you will say, The Lord is my life. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. For thou art with me. For two thousand years, all who have seen that day, have never turned away. Once you experience Jesus, there is no turning back. Chapter 10 of John continues. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's hall. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. You have seen me do miracles in my Father's name. That testifies of me. You don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to them, These miracles, these good works I have done from the Father, of which of these charities do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good works, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in the scriptures I have said you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and scripture can't be broken, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? Listen, don't believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe in what you have seen, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I in the Father. Dear precious Lord and Father, have compassion on everyone here. May our eyes be opened. For the glory of Jesus, send your Spirit. Time is short, and we need your help. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were there and muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose you have a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who don't need to repent. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Did I mention? Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd never loses any of his sheep. Repent and turn back to your maker and let the angels of heaven rejoice. Accept the gift of salvation you are being given. I'm good. I'm one of the ninety-nine. I will wait for you if you are the lost one. How long will God wait? If you have been backsliding, if you believe in Jesus, but do whatever you desire, which are the same desires of the world around you, today is your day to start doing the will of your Father. You are a child of God. Like any child of any king, he has a crown waiting for you. But he cannot give it to you if you run away, if you turn your back on your family. Commit your way to the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 4 Come to Jesus. Let Jehovah, your Savior and Redeemer, break the bonds of your yoke of sin, Satan, and the law, and deliver you out of the hands of all other spiritual enemies. Come. The gatekeeper has made straight the way. Do you hear the good shepherd calling you? Do you recognize his voice? He is calling your name. Come and rest with us. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And dear children, Remain in fellowship with Jesus. Exercise in faith, hope and love for him. And hold him as head of your life. Hold fast to his word and gospel, and abide in his truth. Remain in fellowship with Jesus. So that when Christ returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. What are you waiting for? Cry out and submit, and let your sins be forgiven. Surrender to Jesus, and let him shower you with the blessings he has been withholding. Obey child, and his mercies are endless. Seek him in all things, and you will never look back. There is nothing you can do anyway, the hard way or the easy way. Once he chooses you, he never lets go. It doesn't matter if you don't know what you're doing. He does. Do you feel that? Don't ignore it. That could be the Holy Spirit. He chose you. If you're with me right now, he chose you. Say, Jesus, save me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm yours. Do with me as you will. Show me the way. I am willing. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. 
for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Save me, O God, for I am yours. Praise your name. Amen.